1: Hello there and welcome to The Pulse here on the Joy News channel. Uh, We are bringing you this uh, package from our studios uh, here in Accra. And coming up in this uh, package, uh, we're talking about that research by civil society uh, organization, uh, Do Watch, which is out with a new research pointing out Uh, Some high level of dropouts uh, within Ghana's basic education uh, system as over 600,000 candidate seats for uh, the basic certificate education examination uh, this uh, very day. And we'll be bringing you some findings from that recent report.
2: I won't, won't pose any aggregates yet. I'll just be calm and wait for what I got. Please, it was a bit difficult, but I would say it is 90% easy because all what my teachers taught me, I saw it on the paper.
1: And then we are also going to be looking at what's happening in Niger, uh, especially as there is tension in the West Africa uh, region. ECOWAS reconvening its leaders on Thursday, as the reports are indicating. We'll bring you the updates as and when we have them. And based on what's happening with the region within the region we'll be having a conversation uh, with uh, Professor uh, uh, one of the former uh, members of the Peace Council and uh, also he is now a member of the uh, that's the general advisory group of the United Nations Peace Building uh platform and i'm talking about most reverend professor emmanuel asante he'll be our guest here on the pulse please stay we'll bring you details shortly And more than 600,000 uh, candidates have had their first taste of the basic education certificate examination today, writing religious and moral uh, education. And then English language ahead of the examination joined you, spoke to some of the candidates uh, who were upbeat about the exams today.
3: Well, I have some students here from the NIMA class of school. So um, who's going first? Your name? Jasper. Apeto. Jasper. Okay, so how well are you prepared today? I'm, I'm very happy. I'm prepared I've prepared myself so well that I can pass the exams. Alright, and I a gentleman here, come, <laughs> don't be shy. <laughs> What's your name? Joby Selom. Joby Selom. Um, how well are you prepared for today? I'm f- super prepared for the exams. You're fully prepared. So what should we expect from you? <laughs> good grade. yes, good grade. Good grades, alright. So join me. What about you? How well are you guys prepared? We yeah, are prepared very well. And your name? Ayat Mam. yes Mohammed. Alright, so what paper are you writing today? am in English. I read me in English. Alright, sure. Thank you very much. Um, I have another person here. I need another guy. I need you. <laughs> Alright, so what's your name?
1: Haki madams.
3: Haki madams. Um how well are you prepared for today's paper? I'm
2: really excited. I'm very prepared. Okay.
3: Alright. As- as you can see, we are here at the NIMA cluster of schools, and the kids are super excited right now. Um, jeda for today's paper, and today they are writing RME, and um, of course they'll write a second paper later on in the day. So it's just a few minutes to time. The students are getting inside to write um, their first paper, which is RME.
1: The West African uh, uh, African Examination Council Yank says uh, the exams has been generally smooth across the country, except in three regions uh, where some persons have been apprehended for trying to unlawfully uh, share the exam papers uh, to others for help. The Education Ministry earlier released uh, some data for this year, and it is a very encouraging from. Uh, what we understand, there you have it on your screens indicating uh, what the dynamics are. It appears that the female population going into the exams uh, is way higher than that of the male population, which is hovering around 300,323, with the uh, female uh, counterparts amounting to some 300,391, so a slight increase there in terms of the numbers. Then, when it comes to the number of participating schools, there we have it 18,983. Uh, number of examination centers, 2,137. And then the number of supervisors we have going into um, supervised examination is uh, 2,137. Uh, we have uh, 2,000 assistant supervisors and some 21,027 invigilators. So uh, that's the arrangement as we have it in terms of the data uh, going into this very examination. Shortly, we'll be uh, telling you and taking you around uh, some of the uh, centers to find out how the examination has gone so far. Before that, though, uh, let's take a look at the um, recent data we are receiving from Eduwatch on the possible number of uh, fallouts from the basic education system. Uh, They are looking at it from the total number of uh, male and female populations and you see that uh, trend of an increasing rate right from 2014 all the way to 2023 where we're hovering around 49.99 for the male population and uh, when it comes to uh, the general mix of candidates we have 50 uh, for the male population. So we're achieving or have surpassed parity. Beyond that as well, uh, Ed George is pointing out that there are some concerns when it comes to the percentage uh, change in terms of the level of uh, parity as we have. 2014 when we started, uh, renewing them around zero, but now where we are now in 2023 is around 8.77. So that's what we're dealing with uh, in terms of the data now. So uh, what we have now uh, has got to do with um, the enrollment versus the junior high school completion. And you see a stark difference there uh, of about 400,000 people unaccounted for. Because 600,000 are going in for the examination, uh, for the basic examination, uh, which is starting now. But you have nine hundred thousand, nine hundred and forty-two uh, persons starting off at the same level. So where did they go? That's the question we're asking here. Divine Claire is an education specialist and also programs uh, evaluator with the Africa Education Watch is uh, joining us uh, shortly for some study on this. Uh, before that, here's my colleague Jacqueline Yeboah uh, who's uh, been to some of the centres and here's what we found out.
3: So um, the students or the candidates at Kanda Cluster of Schools just finished with the first paper. So you have some students here who are willing to share the experience with us. kindly join me here. Um, can you tell us your name?
2: Please, my name is Jude Apia-Boateng.
3: All right, Jude. How was the first paper? How was it like?
2: Oh, auntie, please, it was fine. It was fine. Yes, please. Difficult, easy? I won't say difficult. It was just fine. I was able to do it. So, yeah, it was fine.
3: Okay, so what aggregate are you expecting to get in this?
2: I won't say, I won't pose any aggregate yet. I'll just be calm and wait for what I got. Uh,
3: can you join me here? Okay, so tell us your name.
2: My please, my name is Obed.
3: Obed. Now, Obed, um, how was the paper, your first paper?
2: Please, it was a bit difficult, but I would say it is 90% easy because all what my teachers taught me, I saw it on the paper. Okay. And I was able to write it well.
3: All right, so it was just a little bit difficult. All right, so um, the next person should just join me here. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, so um, how was the paper for you? It is okay. It was okay. Um, it wasn't difficult. Nah. All right. So you're expecting to um, pass out with flying colours? Yes. All right. We wish you all the best. Um, I want some here. Some Should join in here. <laughs> all right. So um, how was how was the first paper? Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no issues with it. No, no issues. Okay. What about you? Oh, very good. But a bit difficult. A bit difficult. What happened? Yeah. Let's it's know. very tricky unless you. If you you're read mad, it, if you are not smart, mad, you can't yeah. understand it and so to write take it. So, take I want to uh, answer the question. So the, I, I didn't hear you. Well. So you have to take your time to answer the question. <laughs> when you <laughs> rush, you fail. When you rush, <laughs> you fail. okay. Any other person? How was the paper for you? It's somehow tricky, but also it's cool. Okay, so how well are you guys preparing for the next paper? Your next paper is this in the afternoon.
4: 100 percent
3: prepared. 100 percent prepared. Yeah. All right, so I wish you all the best. Okay. With me here are students from Angel Daycare, Angel's Daycare Preparatory School inside Nima. And um, how was the paper? How was the first paper? It was nervous but going through it we were able to do it like we managed to write something okay all right what about you
2: actually
5: i learned to i was able to write something
3: okay what about you any issues no first paper i don't have any issues just that um it's a very such a great and nice experience yeah all right you were very nervous you were very nervous why like it's my first time so anything but I'm sure after today, you are confident enough. I'm confident enough. I'm cool. Okay. I'm confident enough. All right. Um, what about you? How was the first experience like?
4: Oh, madam, for me, I was nervous, but I think the second paper will encourage me to do it. Okay. Yeah.
3: Um. So how well are you preparing for the second paper?
4: Oh, we are all trying
3: our best. We all do well in the second paper. Yes. Okay. Um, what about you? How are I preparing for the next paper?
5: I'm actually because... After the first people,
6: I'm not ready.
3: You're not ready? You're not scared about anything? All right. So, how was it? I was good. It was good? No issues? No. Okay, what about you? It was a bit difficult, but we managed it somehow. Okay. Why? Were you not taught or you forgot? Which is we were taught, but due to pressure, so we forgot some of them. Due to? Pressure. Like, the way we were... We have never written BEC before, so we were, like... I don't even know, see it, but I'm, I'm sure the next paper you wouldn't feel like that. Yes. Okay. All right. So join me here to. Um, how was the paper for you? It was normal. It was normal. Any issues? No, please.
5: No issues. Yes. Um, so
3: how well I prepared for the next paper? What is the next paper? English. How well I prepared for it? I'm going to learn. So we well prepared for it. Okay. All right. So um. How are you? I'm fine. How was the paper? It was great. It was great. No issues? At your end. No. Okay. So how, how are you prepared for the next paper? Yeah, I'm ready. You're ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Yeah. Alright, so we're still here at Nima Cluster of School, still speaking to the students. On their first experience, they'll go in soon to write um, their second paper, which is English language um, for today.
1: Well, let's get uh, some updates for you from the West Africa Examination Council. uh, Kapi is uh, the head of uh, PR at um, WIAC. Is joining us now. Thank you, sir, for your time. I I believe the second and final paper of the day um, has also come to an end. What's the assessment for the first day?
7: Good afternoon. Thank you. So far, everything has gone very well. There have been no reported incidents yet. Um, I guess we've had a good day so far um no re- reports have come from anywhere so i guess everything's okay
1: um we we know now that we're having more female candidates going into this um examination as compared to the male population is is, is that something worthy of celebrating
7: well I, w- I would say so because um over the years we've had uh, the males dominating in the educational um area so if the um, many more females who are coming up. I think it's a good uh, thing, and we, it is worth celebrating for us as a society and as a nation.
1: How about reports already um, about some incidents um, uh, happening on day one? I, I'm not too sure if it relates directly to exam malpractice, but I'm sure you've received some reports of some happenings across the country. Have you?
7: Yes, we've received a few reports uh, from uh, the Ashanti region where um, one individual was picked up. He was trying to approach the examination hall with some prepared uh, material for the candidates. We've also picked somebody up from uh, Tema West, uh, that's Tema Central actually, where the lady had a tablet that had some information that she intended passing on to the candidates. In the Central region, Often, to be specific, we've picked up two people who were uh, answering the questions in the middle of the paper that they intended sending in to the candidates who were writing the exam here uh
1: what what do you intend to do about that as well?
7: Well, these are criminal cases according to our uh rules and regulations governing the conduct of the examination, and anybody who breaches any of these rules, what we do is we we'll simply report you to the. Law enforcement agencies, they apply our um, rules and then, you know, they are charged if they are sent to court.
1: Interesting. Uh, and looking at the other papers or so examination that we may, 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 may follow um, after today's um, session, are you putting in place some measures to, to check the recurrence of what you've witnessed on day one?
7: Certainly it is. It's an ongoing exercise, and so we are not going to relent um, we still have our monitors in the field. We have our own um, officers who are monitoring the centers. We have the National Investigative Bureau who are working with us. We have also our own uh, locally recruited personnel who are monitoring these centers. And so we'll continue to, we we'll maintain the momentum, we'll sustain the momentum until the exams are over.
1: Mm, uh, I see. And uh, for WIAC itself, um, are there some reforms that you're considering, uh, uh, having looked at the space and what's been happening over the years?
7: We have a few of the areas that have come up as more practice-prone areas. So these are places that we are intensifying our monitoring activities. Um, So going forward, maybe from day two, day three, find out that in some areas, would have increased the personnel around it to ensure that there's sanity prevailing in those areas as well. Uh,
1: looking at uh, what's happened, are you considering a, a, an investigation that may eventually lead to an outright cancellation of some of the papers? Or is that so, far fetched, do you would say?
7: Well, um, depending on the kind of uh, infraction that has been recorded, each of those infractions have. Um, it's a commensurate uh, punishment. And so if it's a case of mobile phones, obviously that will lead to cancellation. If it's about foreign material. But so far, the ones that we've picked up are people who are coming from outside. And so these people will be charged to court and, you know, some penalties slapped against them.
1: Are there any unique um, features of this year's examination? Uh, The fact that you're having to do that um, in August.
7: Well, uh, we, not necessarily, it's just the month that has changed, but also I think uh, this was done last year. We've done some serialization, uh of the questions, especially the objective test. And so you'll find out that in some districts, in some regions, even though they are the same questions, the positions on the question paper may differ, or the position of a particular answer will differ from one candidate uh,
1: to another. Uh, so, so we don't have candidates writing the same examination if going by what you're telling us now? No, it's the same
7: examination, the mm-hmm. same questions we have for all the candidates across the country. Mm-hmm. The only thing we've done is we change the positions of the questions on the question paper or we change the position of the answer. If, for example, for candidate A, the answer to question one is uh, B, for candidate B in another region or district,
1: the answer for question one could be D. Mm. uh th- th- there's a potential danger there as well uh, the fact that drawing up your marking scheme could create some challenge and and if anything goes wrong any of the scripts uh, goes to any other region there may be a challenge there you agree
7: we have put in place measures to curtail or to forestall any such eventuality each of them is coded and the candidates are supposed to share the appropriate code Besides from whichever district or region that has a certain set of questions, we have our system set up ready to score without making any mistakes. It's something we've done before, and we are confident that we are going to do the right thing again.
1: Mm. Uh, We cannot wrap up without talking about your relations uh, with with government because the Ministry of Education, uh, you've been on them uh, for the payment of arrears some amount of money they owe you. Uh, How have you dealt with that, and how is that impacting generally on the organization of the uh, examination this year?
7: Well, so far for BEC, all areas have been settled for 2021 and 2022. But for 2023, we received about $10.5 That's just about 15% of the total payment due. Now, the exams are conducted in stages from the printing stage the conduct to the marking and the processing of results. Now, we think that um, for now we'll be able to conduct the examination, but going forward uh, in terms of marking and processing of results will require some further you know, funding to be able to complete the process.
1: Mm, I see. Uh, so going forward, any message for parents who are out there and shows that, well, this year's examination may, may be tough for the candidates, I guess. It's always the case.
7: Well, we have always uh, done, uh, used the same syllabus. We haven't changed anything as far as the questions are concerned. We The same questions that we have put out there for the children to answer. I believe that if the right approach is, uh, you know, made or if we, uh, I mean, our children are, you know, uh, studying very well, or preparing appropriately, I think that they should be able to
1: come out flying Mm. colors. And I guess you you take this opportunity to also caution them uh, based on what you've seen on day one already. Yeah, we just want to caution
7: parents to desist from uh, encouraging their children to go to examination centers with mobile phones or soliciting support from uh, people who are around them, be they vigilators or people just you know, uh, roaming around or loitering, because you never can tell who they are and what support they are giving, whether it is the right thing or not. We want to urge them to do independent work, encourage their children. You'll put them through school for a number of years. We believe the teachers have prepared them adequately, and so they should be in a position to um, write the examination yeah. and come out successful. I just want to add that uh, we also want to appeal
0: nueva Ram 1500
7: hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Some may be crossing the roads, some may be just to buy food or just uh, hurrying up to get to examination centers. Who want to plead with drivers and other motorists that they should be wary of these young ones and allow them to cross the road at the appropriate places mm. so that they can get to the examination centre successfully and
1: write the examinations. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for spending some time with us here uh, on the Pulse. Uh, meanwhile, as I indicated earlier, uh, Africa Education Watch is also raising some concerns. Divine uh, is with uh, Africa Education Watch is joining us now. Thank you so much. So we are just dealing with the data uh, earlier. Uh, the fact that you have 600,000 people sitting the examination, and yet when this all started, I'm talking about the uh, academic um, trajectory, you had close to 900,000 students at the basic level. What do you suspect these people have gone to?
8: Thank you, and good afternoon to your viewers. Let me use the opportunity to wish all B.C. candidates the very best of luck in the examination. And yes, uh, we, over the weekend, uh, did cohort analysis to understand the withholding power of our educational system. One of the ways to uh, find out the effectiveness of an educational system is to find out the, its ability to retain students that have been enrolled. And we noticed that these BSc candidates, uh, when they enrolled in 2012-2013 academic year, uh, they, they were over 900,000, um, but currently the figure stands uh, over 600,000, which means about 33% of them uh, we can't find who they are. Who are about. Uh, we actually cannot tell uh, where they are right now. Uh, we can only theorize that some may have dropped out, some may have repeated, and we're also recently learning from. Uh, from the MP, one of the MPs uh, who is on the educational committee that uh, some also uh, lead to, to international programs. So, uh, these are possible reasons why they may not have been part of this court, but what uh, we are particular about is since this is theories, is very important that we carry out pressure study to understand the specific reasons and the magnitude at which they may have influenced their the student inability to be part of this course, Because if we are giving one of the reasons as um, they possibly repeating, then we need to remind ourselves that uh, repetition is not something that we are even encouraging in our educational system anymore. So if it's one of the reasons, it means that uh, the, the policy is just not to repeat students or people. So uh, there's a challenge with that. And we need to go back to uh, the see. Board, oh, okay
1: uh, yeah so how do we deal with the problem now and what's the way forward uh, from your perspective
8: yes uh, we in our policy we recommended visa study and at Edu uh, that is what we are currently trying to do we have started to have a discussion to understand what these people may have actually been. So we are drawing our uh, research plan so we're going to carry a case study on these people. So at our end, that is what we are trying to do. And we recommend, same for governments and the Ministry of Education also to be interested in doing that. And also have a, a general conversation on the ability of educational system to withhold students that have a role at the beginning of the academic year or the beginning of their basic education. And how they are able to progress a lot, of them. because there's still remain quite some of the challenges that are militate the against retention in school, especially for girls. Despite the fact that we have attained uh, gender parity in our educational system, when it comes to progression, there are still significant issues that we need to address. Uh,
1: and uh, in terms of uh, policy, immediate ones that may at least uh, close the gap, what immediate considerations would you want the Ministry of Education to look at?
8: Yes, so one is, since one of the theories that remain that some of the people is continuing to be repeated, then we need to look at that policy that actually does, that. I won't use the word ban repetition, but that actually detects repetition. So we need to look at that because what the GS is encouraging is that the students or the pupils are promoted and then in their new class, uh, a special kind of intervention, is, is provided for them. Uh, we need to understand whether that is happening or the repetition is still ongoing because repetition actually has its negative effect when it comes to student retention in school. Is this something that is actually happening? So, what can immediately be done is for GES to do a S-ray analysis to understand if repetition is something that is happening in our schools. And then also, of course, when the Ghana statistical statistics statistical studies came out with the 2020 population uh, sensor data. We understand that 1.4 million children of age 4 to 18 are not in school, which means that some of them have dropped out. And it tells that we still have issues with dropout in our educational system that needs immediate attention. I appreciate the fact that over the years there have been some intervention, especially targeting girls' uh, retention. And if you look at the, the data that... Uh, Actually, writing a PCTC, you realize that the girls are actually being significantly retained, and that's why we are able to see their number.
1: At at least, in in fact, we've surpassed the parity level, Uh, and and there are many who are are wondering how we can sustain that. The parity? Yes.
8: Yeah, because of the interventions that we have seen from state actors and non state actors, uh, some of these programs tell that they are yielding pushing, so we need to sustain. This particular program over the years that there have been a lot of programs on girls uh, retention school, and we are seeing that yes, this is using results. As you may rightly mentioned, we have surpassed the general party rate in our school, and girls are relatively even begin to do uh, aside the retention right. school, the academic performance also. Is we really improving, so we need to sustain the programs that we are doing to retain uh, our girls in school and also extend same to the boys. Because what is generally looking at is that it seems the boys are beginning to lag behind. If you look at uh, one of uh, UNESCO's recent publications, uh, the boys are beginning to lag behind in terms of mathematics and English, and also in terms of retention school. So, it is time we begin to balance the skills so that. Uh, don't see the adverse effects of uh, some of these programs targeting the girls. Uh,
1: okay. Uh, thank you for spending some time with us, Divine, with uh, the Africa Education Watch. You're watching The Pulse here on the Join News channel. When we get back, we'll take you to Niger. Uh, the Economic Community of West African States and its leaders are set to hold an, yet another meeting on Thursday over the political situation there. But that's jeopardizing the peace of West Africa. How do we stabilize the situation? We have a lot more coming your way, please stay.
5: And thrilling podcasts and live shows. Download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, My Joy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Atom Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated.
9: We've had news file over the weekend, and uh, an interesting part of the conversation.
5: Oh
10: no, we are out of range.
6: Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alexa in my back. Alex what? Alexa. Open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM.
9: Super Hits Radio. Radio. Joy
6: 99.7. Listen to Joy FM. Hits FM. Love FM live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying Alexa, play and then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, Say Alexa, ask multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And we
4: are back, like we never
6: lost signal. No. Alexa, welcome to multimedia.
5: Joy 99.7 FM brings you another Joy Family Forum dubbed Becoming Mr. and Mrs. All You Need to Know Before Marriage, a breakfast meeting for singles led by Home Affairs and hosted by yours truly, Edev Knight T. Our guest speakers for the day are Ghana's favorite uncle, Uncle Ebu White, and Reverend Mrs. Rita Crunchy Ankara, First Lady of the Royal House Chapel. Mrs. Theresa Riafia-Sante T, a Ariel the Wellness Coach, Kobina Atabedu, P.G. And a host of other seasoned relationship coaches and counselors will all be in attendance. You get to enjoy a good buffet breakfast, giveaways, networking, and other fun activities at a cool rate of 150 Ghana CDs per head and 250 for two. Venue is the best Western Plus hotel, Nungwa. Time is 6 a.m. through to 10 a.m. and the date is 12 August 2023. Please reserve your sports now. Now. Call or WhatsApp 59 9986 for your reservations. This event is supported by Best Western Plus Hotel Lungua, Ship Healthcare Specialist Medical Center, Nish, Goba Kinti, and Marie Noel's Spa and Salon. Becoming Mr. and Mrs. All you need to know before marriage.
6: Baby.
11: Imagine a family without a home Imagine a song without a voice Imagine a church without prayers Imagine a government without citizens Imagine democracy without journalists Imagine a world without the media. Life is full of issues and stories about people, communities, and governments. Stories that have to be told by well-trained journalists. That's why you can't imagine news without Joy News. Think of Ghana's forests as a pair of lungs or kidneys cleaning our air and water, regulating rainfall, sunshine, and serving as a buffer against natural disasters. Those kidneys and lungs are currently being attacked and perforated at a faster rate by illegal mining.
10: The forest is a no-go. It is an illegal area for anybody to mine.
9: If the colonial masters save these resources, how? I'm our fourth republic is the one destroying these resources.
11: 34 of the country's 288 forest reserves have been affected, with an estimated destruction of 4,726 hectares.
10: This is purely criminal.
11: Erasmus Asardonko goes deep into major forests under siege. Forests under siege, a Pamprama Forest Reserve.
9: Ariyama Abubakari is all smiles and bubbly today, but that was not the case three years ago when she was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. 2020,
4: I saw my health take a nosedive. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition um, where your immune system attacks you, the host, instead of working together to protect you and unfortunately my pain levels were so high so the medication i was taking was rather increasing my pain
9: out of desperation Mariama went on a healing journey she began to research
4: and i discovered that food plays an importance in Um, whatever it is I was going through because everything I was reading and researching on kept giving me positive feedback that people whose bodies have gone off with such health conditions were able to restore and reduce some of their symptoms with food and there were testimonies online.
9: This Wednesday on TV, radio, online and on ground, The Joy Business Van powered by joy business and supported by ecobank the pan-african bank and mtn what are we doing today
1: Thanks for staying with us here on The polls. Niger's military leaders in a televised address last night launched what they term as a vibrant appeal to their youthful population, the noble sons and daughters of uh, the country, To, quote, defend the country, the move is considered to be uh, as part of the response and plans by the military regime to counter a possible military invasion from the West Africa regional body, ECOWAS, uh, which is giving one week ultimatum for the deposed president, Mohamed Bazoum, to hand over or be reinstated uh, into power within a week. Now, tension, as we know, is rising after the expiration of that ultimatum uh, by ECOWAS, raising fears about the possibility of a deployment of a military troop from ECOWAS. So let's give you a sense of what's happening in the region. I will get the data for you shortly on what's happening, the coup d'etat that we've seen, and what the SBM intelligence has been saying about uh, the security situation in the West Africa sub-region, but there's a need also uh, for all stakeholders to come on board uh, and to rally their efforts at tackling the situation. Let's get to the statement that we have coming through from the Economic Community of West African States because the latest we understand is that there will be a meeting on Thursday, as you see SPS on your screens, indicating that President Bola Ahmed Tinogu, the President of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, and the Chairperson of the Authority of Heads of States and Governments uh, of the Economic Community of West African State, ECOWAS has convened yet another extraordinary summit of the authority on the political situation in the Republic of Niger. The summit will be held in Abuja. That will be on Thursday, uh, August 10, 2023, and the ECOWAS leaders will be considering and discussing the political situation and the recent uh, developments as we have it. Uh, they're happening in uh, Niger, but uh, we've been interacting with some ghanaians on this rising uh, tension within the sub region as well. Uh, some of them have been sharing their views
10: there will definitely be some backlash you know um, some of the threats you know have been directed to some of the equus member countries from these French countries you know uh-huh. so we have to be very very careful and it's a very easy thing for them to take advantage of the situation and start looking towards Nigeria,
2: Ghana and other countries. The steps that ECOWAS is taking is truly misplaced. It is not something that Africa or Africans should support. I'm not in support of, you know, this ECOWAS intrusion. On the land, in as much as Nigeria is connected to Ghana, definitely what? Ghana is a member of the yeah. So what happens to Nigeria? What happens to Ecowas basically affects Ghanaians. So if you want to send military personnel
10: or troops to go and then counter their decision, that implies that Ghana also supports the how the country is governed. And you know how Ghana, other countries also see Ghana that our president is not governing as well. Your home, you have fire in your backyard, put it off before you come to us. So I think we should act professionally, try to have bilateral talks, professional talks, diplomatic talks.
12: But we, we also need to do our homework well. Because what is happening, if you listen to the the explanation being given by the 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 military junta, you realize that they have a point. Ghana can be affected.
0: hecha para
12: vivir. no marca registrada de FCI US LLC. The, the, the leader or the military people who are in charge of the affair for now, they, they could be affected because uh, uh, in some people's country that is all they have chosen to go once they have gotten supporters over there, people who are supporting what they have done no, they can victimize our, we have people over there, Ghanaians are there so if they go they, they should not forget that we have Ghanaians over there. So if uh, Ghanaians are there and they are going to fight, probably killing innocent people in the, over there, they can revenge by going around looking for those uh, West Africa countries that are going to fight against them, look for their citizens. So in, in, in one way or the other, we are being affected indirectly.
10: After the Equal Union or Equal States to find a way to actually find or uh, make peace amicably, Rather than sending soldiers. And we know the Russians are also supporting the Nigerians. And then if that will be the case, we can't win this case. So let's take our time and solve this thing before sending our troops over there. No. For my view for my, my view, Diana's not to support because what is happening in Nigeria is also happening here. So if we are not care what is happening in Nigeria, it will come to Ghana. People they're also facing like the, the economy is very tough, then that's why they overthrown their president. So, Ghana, we are facing the same thing. If you are working, things are not going well for you. So, we also need to turn our president away. So, there are, uh, there's no need Ghanian Ghanaian uh, armies to go and support the Niger people. Their are If Ghana support, I means uh, the same thing needs to happen in Ghana here.
1: Professor at the University of uh, Ghana Law School, Kojo, a PAJ, has been sharing his thoughts on this as well on NewsFile.
13: I also try to fail to recognize that when there is a coup d'etat, it is not only about the fact that there is an unconstitutional attempt to change government, but there are also other unconstitutional changes in government, which point in the face of African leaders that there is a problem with maladministration, there is a problem with corruption, is a problem with bad governance. Because when you look at the Lome Declaration on Unconstitutional Changes in Government, it, it talks about coup d'etat, yes. It also talks about uh, changing government through mercenary activity. It talks about changing government through civil war or coup d'etat. These are where, these, you can say, violence is involved. And these are where government come to power through unconstitutional means. But there are two more. The fourth one is where a government refuses to leave office after losing elections and therefore fighting for power sharing or what have you. The other is where a government decides to change the constitution or to doctor it in order to stay in power beyond the two normal two year time limits. And that's what we call determinism. These are the two factors which remain um as Dr. Any was referring to to look at the Boy Ibrahim indices to look at Afrobarometer and so on, are, are issues that are occurring, and which is creating that illiberal democratic environment in many African countries. We are sliding on the democracy scale, and that is scary because it, uh, it connects to the Afrobarometer, that with which it says that majority of people are willing to accept military takeover. takeover and it's about 56 percent. And the majority of these 56% are youth. So if you factor in the general democratic environment the world over, if you look at um, uh, Europe, you will see far-right parties coming to power. In countries that a uh, few years ago, nobody would have imagined or envisioned that a far-right party would come to power or be a kingmaker in, in the politics of those countries. Nationalism and the patriotism, um, 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 patriotism or populism are also influencing the, the, the dynamics in, in, the, in the African context. And so I, I strongly agree with um, Professor Ening that the environment is changing in such a way that you cannot guarantee democracy at this moment. And then more coup cool data may occur. And now in Niger, the West has come to realize that if we say that we are just abandoning Niger, then we are allowing Wagner to come in and take over. And, and in fact, it's true, U.S. has spent a lot of money in terms of security in Niger, and so they want to protect that interest. But rightly so, China is also in, in, in Niger. They also have their interest to protect. So it is the, the geopolitics it's is, is, is reaping uh, its uh, ugly head very fast, especially in, in West Africa. And we need to be, therefore, very careful about how we tackle this issue. It is not to uh, make a, a rash decision and say that we're going to Niger to um, to overthrow the government and restore democracy. It is easier said than done. But I think African leaders would want to pander to the interest of the West and say that this is what we 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 support this idea. We want to go in there and, and um and make make a statement. We should look at the whole of um, um, changeover landscape in Africa. It is only mo um, um um through Ecomor and Comoros some time back that there have been the military successful attempts to change government and to return the overthrown government to power through um, um, after a coup d'etat. So it is important to look at the dynamics and to adopt a more pragmatic approach that can find a solution to this uh, coup d'etat issue which is coming up. And I can tell you more may come if we don't sit up and realize that unconstitutional the government is not just about coming to power through unconstitutional means, but trying to stay in power and trying to foment um, 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 uh, divisional interests and so on to, in order to maintain power and rely on corrupt governance to stay in power. That is another recipe for more coup to come.
1: Well, uh, throughout the world, peace has eluded mainly for various reasons, uh, but there can be peace if there is a conscious effort to achieve this. Uh, in studio with us now is Most Reverend Professor Emmanuel Asante uh, for a special conversation on peace, uh, religious diversity, and also harmony in the nation, in, when it comes to nation-building, uh, ethnic pluralism, and uh, oneness uh, for our focus in this uh, discussion that we are about to have. Most Reverend, thank you for spending some time with us here on Join News. It's been a while. Thank you. (laughs) And it's good to see you uh, join us. Uh, But quite a lot happening in our uh, sub-region, and that is also trickling down to what we're experiencing in our country itself. But let's start off with this uh, whole tension that's uh, on the rise within the West Africa sub-region. What's your personal reflection on what's going on And what options do you feel uh, leaders should be taking in resolving this matter?
14: Um, It
1: is very sad um,
14: with respect uh, respect to what is going on in our sub-region, especially when it comes to the method we uh, choose to change government. It is a sieve. The assumption is that democracy itself doesn't work for us, and so we must adopt a certain approach in order that we we'll be able to achieve our objective.
12: Mm-hmm.
14: In the case of Niger, that we are discussing, you know, um, if something is going on and it's not good, then I do not think that. You'll be able to solve the problem through coup d'etat. Yeah. A lot of people have heard people saying all sorts of things yeah. that, you know, um, this is what should happen here. The assumption is that, that when the military comes in, then the we'll problem, problem will be solved. The problem will be solved. Mm-hmm. But from Ghana's experience, mm-hmm. from the time of Kwame Nkrumah, till you know, when we. Um, trans- uh, you know, transited yeah. from PNDC into democracy, into, into democracy. Mm-hmm. we know that if we will be very, very objective in terms of looking at what happened, mm-hmm. military um, interventions yeah. did not help us. That's why we keep talking about Kwame Nkrumah, we keep talking about those times. So I think it is not right for us to use, you know, military intervention to change government. But having said that, we must also bear in mind that you know the approach of the ECOWAS, that especially what is happening in Niger, we need to restore the presidency by all means possible. Um, I think the emphasis should not be on military intervention. At the end of the day, the military intervention is going to affect the very people who want to help. Nigerians will, will be killed. And people from our sub-region, military people will also be killed. The trickling effect is something that we may not be able to address. And that's the reason why we need to um, take measures. How do we address this situation? By all means, let's not condone what is happening there. Let's not fold our arms and say that what the military people are doing is the right thing. But we should not also use, you don't use fire to quench fire, Mm. you know. um, You don't use fire to quench fire. Let Mm ECOWAS, the leaders of our sub-region, and our region as a whole, find a better means, sustained means Mm -hmm.
1: of addressing this issue. The concern has been raised that looking at the numbers that we're experiencing in terms of the number of West African countries under military control now, the numbers may, may keep going up if... No drastic or radical measure is deployed to tackle this. Could this not be a justification for, well, for, the, for the, the, the deployment radical, of, the of force? It's a radical
14: method that we need to use to address that should not know, be military. Um, what is going to happen is that you're going to end up in a state of nature, the survival of the fittest. Okay? Um, right now, when I was coming on the social media, I yeah. heard that Wagner, People have also entered there. There are people who are exploiting the situation. It's very, very funny that, you know, somebody was telling me today, well, what is wrong with us? We think we don't want the United States, we don't want the Europeans, we don't want the British. But then when we go to the East, when we go to Russia and those places, then we'll be able to solve our problems. I mean, it's It's funny. There is no way we'll be able to solve our problems by simply thinking that some Western power or Eastern power will solve, come our, problem. and solve our problems for us. We must sit and talk. And one of the things that I used to say, my yeah. mantra, right. jaw, jaw, sit down and talk. talk yeah. Let's deal with the situations happening and find a better way of solving the problem rather than use, you know, a military um, solution to problems of, 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 of this nature. It's not going to solve any problem, especially yeah. if you look at what is happening mm-hmm. in our sub region here, as you mentioned, Burkina yeah. Faso mm-hmm. and all these places. People with vested interest are around. Yeah. And once you enter into this, there are civil wars, we are fighting, you give room to, for, all, sorts of to yeah. all sorts of people to come in there. And it's not.
1: The the leadership, uh, and and by extension, ECOWAS leaders or West African leaders, there's a sharp focus on them now as to looking at or diagnosing the problem of who's at fault. Mm. Uh, We were speaking to uh, the ECOWAS Commissioner for Political Affairs last week, and he was pointing out to us that...
6: At Pennzoil, we have one job, pioneering a motor oil so advanced, you don't have to think about your motor oil. Instead, you can think about how your engine sounds, how your stomach feels as the RPMs build, how your wheels hug the curves, and how, with the Pennzoil Platinum up to 15-year, 500,000-mile protection guarantee, your adventures will be many. Pennzoil. Long may we drive. Find it at Firestone Complete Auto Care. Enrollment required. Keep your receipts. Other conditions apply. See penzoil.com slash warranty for full
1: details. But Yes, indeed. These leaders acknowledge that there's some sort of collapse in our leadership or institutional um, um, capacity. What do you see the problem to, to, to be coming from? Is it a leadership crisis that we're facing? Definitely in,
14: in, in our sub-region and in Africa as a whole, you would say that we probably have some kind of leadership crisis. But for me, the issue is not so much um, the issue of leadership crisis as such. Mm-hmm. What is happening in, in, in the sub-region, it's opportunistic. You know, people seizing the opportunity also to be mentioned right. as leaders right. of right. nations. Look at what happened in, in Nigeria. I mean, the very people, presidential guard. To, Who are protecting the president. Protecting the president. Mm-hmm. You turn into something else. What? What's? You must justify why you have done that. And usually people will talk about the economy, people will talk about this. Why is it that it's only in Africa that when there's economic problem, we think that we should use the military to solve the economic problem, and when they come, they don't solve the problem anyway? Why? You know, I mean, the economy... It's not good, and it's not only Africa that is suffering from these economic um, problems. African leaders must sit down and see what they can do to solve our economic and and political problems and all that. The kind of democracy that we are practicing, which is an imported kind of democracy, how, do we really understand it? Do we understand government? Do you know people in government and? People in opposition, because in our contest, if I'm opposed to you, you are my enemy. In their contest, an opposition, if I'm opposed to you, you are not an enemy. I'm simply saying that I have a different view, view. Mm. you know, from yours. Yeah. Can we really talk about diversity of views? Mm-hmm. Let us set, let us put all these things together, and and see, is there something in there? That can, you know, really help us solve the problems that we have. African leaders must sit seriously and talk. And when I say African leaders, I'm not just talking about the, the heads of states and the presidents or the prime ministers or the chairman or whatever, whoever you're going to call them. There are leaders in different places. There is the need for us to sit. Why is it that Africans are seven international bodies? They are excelling. Yeah. But when it comes to Africa alone, there's a problem. There's a problem. <laughs> and I think these are some of the things that African leaders must really sit and begin to find out. Even if we are able to solve this Nigeria crisis, crisis mm. we need we still need to AU need to sit down for us to really mm. look mm. into this seriously. And especially in that part. You know, especially in the in the, in the francophone areas, mm. what is happening there?
1: We need to take a look at that. But but also of concern to us here at Joint News is, is the possible impact on stable, relatively stable democracies such as Ghana. Ghana is a peaceful country. We all accept that. We all work with that. But looking at what's happening around us, the fear is we need to consolidate what we have and the gains we've made over the years. Do do you see that happening, some frantic effort from all stakeholders, political parties, all actors just to protect what we have?
14: It is in the interest of politicians and it is in the interest of Ghanaian citizens to protect what we have. You know we have lived in this country and and thanks be to God, I have lived in this country throughout when Kwame Nkrumah was overthrown. I was in my teens so I saw what happened. The military comes in and the first thing they say is that the constitution is withdrawn, parliament is dissolved. So the the first casualties will be parliamentarians, the politicians. First casualties will be those in government, those who are now campaigning for leadership. And that's the reason why they should be concerned about the the, 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 the peace of the country. And we need to consolidate what we have in our politicking. We should not create the situation, the condition for the possibility of, you know, arousing the military to come in. Right. There are people who, because they are not in power mm-hmm. or because they are seeking for power, yeah. might wish that, the military, that there should be military intervention somewhere. And Let me also say to, the, to those of us on the streets, right. military intervention doesn't solve your problem. We have lived in this country from coming home time until now. Military intervention interventions have Absolutely. rather Absolutely. wrecked the havoc. You're going to sleep very, very early. they are going to rule you by decrees. Nobody is going to discuss anything. You cannot question them and all that. We need to maintain what we have, democracy. Um, I would rather want to go for democracy, you know, in difficulty, than to go for military rule. The so called peace that we have. But I think Africa should also look at the, the type of democracy that we are operating. Maybe we need benevolent the, the
1: dictatorship somehow. That, that, that's a controversial one. When it comes to people, <laughs> are like, do, can we really ever get someone like that, by the way? Do, do you believe we can get someone like
14: well, that? I mean, Rwanda, mm-hmm. you have a strong man there. And and we we talk a lot about Rwanda, don't we? Yeah, we we make Yeah, because we have a strong man who is able to put his foot down. We need leaders who will be able to say that these people should not trade here. We want to move their stuff because it doesn't help the country and they are not thinking about you know being elected or re elected. Or politically correcting. That's right. You know, you see what happens in our country is that as soon as I come in power. I'm not thinking about what to do now. I'm thinking about how the to next retain ditch. power the next time. So we are always doing politics. We are not governing. Mm. You know, the governance system. Mm. Governing. Do things and let people damn you next time. Let them tell you that we are not going to vote for you. But do the right thing.
1: If we were to sustain what what we've made, the gains we've made over the years, there's also the need for other actors to come on board. You you were speaking about the political leadership, but there are so many factors that can, you know. ¿Escuchas ese rugido?
0: ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.
1: Either maintain or jeopardize the peace that we have. And we also need to look in your direction, most reverend, you know, clergymen and those who, who, who are religious people. Some pronouncements they make, you agree, have the tendency of, of destabilizing our peace. <laughs> <laughs>
14: um. Definitely. I mean I mean what, yeah. what kind of pronouncement are we talking about? <laughs> People will be prophetic and, and they will be objective mm-hmm. in their assessment of of things. And it's not going to be like, you know, I you know, taking sides. There shouldn't be a problem with that. But I quite agree with you that sometimes sometimes, you know, religion can become a factor um, in terms of the destabilization of peace in a country. But it is not religion that is a factor. Okay. It is the people who are practicing the religion right. themselves. And the people who are practicing the religion are no different from Ghanaians. They are also Ghanaians. But I think it is important that we allow our religious leanings to inform our politicking, to inform the kinds of things that we do, to inform our commitment to the nation called Ghana and do things that will, that will bring uh, maintain peace.
1: We'll, we'll be dealing with the issue of uh, <clears throat> a youth bulge in a, in a few years to come. In, in fact, it's already here for those who, who are watching the figures and who are worried about how young people are left with no job opportunities or you know, employment uh, opportunities either from government or the private sector. Is that not of concern to you as well, looking at it, that this may threaten attempts to build peace? Because when you talk to the youth, they're looking for opportunity, but they can't find any other streets out there. Look,
14: I'm on record to have said that unemployment is a threat to peace. When young people have no jobs to do, it's a threat to peace. But we also need to sit back and ask ourselves, how do we solve the unemployment situation? Is it true violence? Is it true military takeovers? Would that really help us solve the problems that we have? Now, take the case of young people who are angry because they're not getting the right kind of meal that should be given to them. So they go to the school's cafeteria and start breaking ports, destroying the whole place. Would that put bread on the table for them? So I think we need to address this situation, but we need to use our gumption also when we are addressing the situation. An angry, I know that the hungry man is an angry yeah. man, but for God's sake, don't be hungry and lose your yeah. senses. But find ways and means, better ways and means of solving these kinds of problems. How do we do it? creating the, the, the enabling environment. But if the environment is not enabling, it becomes very,
1: very difficult for a private I was just about touching on that, because the impression is created as to the Ghanaian youth is, is lazy. Yes. We've heard that rhetoric for yes. some, from some people. Yes.
14: But, but if the environment, that, that, that enabling environment is not there, it becomes an issue. I mean, when I was young, you know, this was bandied around. The young people should go back to the land. When we were in a young, that's what they were telling us. Agriculture, you mean. But how do I go to the land when you have not given me the, the right thing? You give me cutlass and you say go to the <laughs> land. What am I going to do? So farming. So we need to really talk about, you know, um, how are we creating the situation for young people to go there? Even land in our system, the country becomes an issue. How do I even get the land? Where are the land banks? How does the government come in to help in this situation? The machinery that will enable me so that if I should go for a land, is it possible for me to go somewhere for them to bring in machines that will help me so that after I've done the cultivation, I'll be able even to service my debt? These are the sort of things that we need to hear. And our parliamentarians and and the government should be thinking about these kinds of things. That's what you say, creating the enabling environment. Creating the enabling environment does not necessarily mean that, oh, our policy is that government doesn't come in. It is only the private sector that should come in. The private sector will only come in
1: in partnership with the government. I see. And uh, on, on the issue about next year and what we're expecting as a nation, we know that we're heading into the election period. <laughs> the processes have started, even this year, where we're seeing the governing side looking for their leader. Um, I think the opposition party, the NDC, has done that. But, but the rhetoric, as you can see, is pointing to the fact that these two political parties have a lot at stake for them. The uh, governing side says, okay, we want to break the aids. The opposition says, you need to go because you haven't performed. And in all of this, the the, the rhetoric hasn't been too healthy. I'm sure you've been monitoring you know, the, the posture from all of these uh, political parties and, and, and the fact that there seemed to be a breakdown um, in, in that free you know cordial spirit that 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 these two political parties and the electoral commission would usually enjoy what's your recommendation on how we can tackle i haven't come to that yet because i as far as i'm concerned i think right now
14: <laughs> we're dealing with internal politics aren't we um i call it intra-politics because what is happening is that in the case of the mtp they are looking for um who is going to be their frag, frag- bearer Bear, yes you know, and in some cases, some people have gone overboard in terms of what they have said about others. I will advise them to be very careful, because I mean, so what happens if you don't get it and that person gets it? What does that mean that you are not going to be a member of your party? So I will humbly plead with them: just market yourself, tell us what you have. Why should we consider you? to be better than simply you know, um, throwing tantrums and, and, and insulting other people and, and all that. I don't think uh, they've, they've gone too, too much to that extent. But sometimes the followers, the people who seem to be following their leaders, market your leader. Let me know why you think your leader is the right person. And if you convince me enough, maybe I'll vote for your leader. If I'm a delegate, all right? Um, But in terms of the two political parties, they should know that they are there for the nation Ghana. Their politics should not throw this nation into conflict situation. They should do all they can. Again, the marketing of ideas comes in here. The NDC believes that they, they've been in power before, they believe they have been able to do a number of things, and they believe that they still have a lot that they can do. Let them talk about that. Let the MPP do the same thing. Why you think we should allow you to break the eight? <laughs> All right? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's been eight, 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 eight. But it's not written anywhere. The constitution no. doesn't say that. So if you're going to break the age, convince me. Convince your voters. Market yourself. Tell us why we should retain you. Or let the others also tell us why we should bring them in. I mean, it's, 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 it's you know, we are simply sharing ideas. Yes, yes, yes. You are selling. Yes. I'm selling. Yes. I'm marketing. You are marketing It's not an insult, you know. But what if it becomes like I'm insulting you, you are insulting me because you think that uh, by doing that, then you'll be able to get my vote. A lot of Ghanaians are becoming, you know... um, um, Very
1: very discerning. Very discerning. The the statement you are making reminds us of your uh, tenure as... uh of course, uh, Chairman of the Peace Council, uh, obviously. Uh, That institution, we need to talk about it now, the state in which you find it and how crucial uh, that institution will be going forward in maintaining the peace that we have and also ensuring that that is the case before, uh, during and after our national elections. Do you see the Peace Council in a much more stronger position in facilitating peace across the country?
14: The Peace Council is doing a lot, you know, a lot of people think that the activity of the peace council is simply coming out with statements and all that. <laughs> and so if they are not talking, they are not doing anything. But the peace council's mandate that is given is not simply to do that. It is to ensure, it is to maintain, create conditions for you know um, peaceful uh, coexistence mm-hmm. and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Now the in. in, in in cooperation with other, you know, institutions have come up with works, books that they have written on how to try as much as possible to address conflict situations and all that. They are working underground. They are meeting the media, they are doing all sorts of things. So I think the peace council it's is up to it. My only concern is that if anybody thinks that Peace Council has is in their pocket, that they are the ones who will be able to put it here for you. And so if there is no peace, it means the peace council is not working. That person is joking. The peace council is there to help all of us to understand that it is better to choose peace than war. Okay? And and they are doing the best that they can. And I have no reason. I mean, I, I live in Kumasi now. And
10: Every Friday,
14: GBC is a garden city. Okay, yeah. They have a program educating people on a number, all sorts of issues. They are dealing with children situations. They are dealing with, you know, um, cases that have to do with the, 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 the health people and, and the farmers and so on. These are things that they do. Unfortunately, this these are not... Things that catch, catch are, that you know, with, yeah. the media. You know, I mean, it's, now election is coming, so the focus is going to be on them because it's as if everything must be election, election, election. But the reason why we do, we have, you no, know, people do violence because they are violent. And we need to help them not to be violent so that they will not see violence as an option in solving any problem. and That's what the Peace Council seeks to do.
1: Okay, Reverend, we'll be wrapping up shortly. A number of issues uh, that are happening in terms of national development has got to do with the conversation on corruption, uh, and that has come up because of uh, some recent developments that we've seen um, with, with the resignation of one of the ministers of state. Uh, the, the feeling is that the political class must, and as you are indicating, govern and not necessarily just respond to, um, you know, their, their political sentiments. How can political leaders, in your view, uh, tilt towards responding much more to uh, the feeling and aspirations of their people? I have always said that,
12: who
14: is a parliamentarian? A parliamentarian is not honorable so-and-so. You don't go to parliament because you want to be called an honorable person. A parliamentarian is a representative of a constituency. You may have gone to parliament on a particular political party ticket, on the ticket of a particular political party. But you are a parliamentarian representing a multi-party constituency, people who may not have even voted for you. You are their MP. And it is important that we understand what it means to be an MP, representative of a group of people. Because there are a lot of people who are saying, is this is legislation. Our job is to pass legislation. Fine. It is true. The core responsibility is to do that. But they are also there representing their constituents. And it is, they are there to speak the voice of the constituents, a parliamentarian must interact with his own people and know their feelings and pains. That's the reason why they also give them some kind of um, some money. Yeah. Of course, I mean, <laughs> I pity them. I mean, the kind of money that is given to them and what is expected of them, yeah. it's, it's, it's neither here nor there. But it's their fault, too, because if they want to go to parliament, they give their promises. I, let me say to politicians, stop giving us promises that you cannot deliver. But let the people understand what it means while you are seeking their mandate, the fact that you are in partnership with them to build. Don't just get there and then hang around your gate, beware of dogs.
1: <laughs>
14: get to the people and let them know. Now that you are seeking their mandate, don't go there and promise them, mm. I was telling somebody, if somebody tells you that I'm going to, Pile the sea to Ashanti region, and say hey, he's going to bring us, you know, the sea. But you know, it's practically impossible. it's practically impossible. And where is he going to get the money to do all that? No. So, politicians, please stop giving us promises that you cannot deliver. Let's be realistic enough. In terms of what it is that we want to do. And when realism sets in, I believe that we will be able to, um, people will be educated. We will understand what it means. We will understand what it means to cooperate with your parliamentarian or your government in, in terms of you know, addressing the problems that we have.
1: Most your, Reverend, your, your latest, I don't know if it's uh, the latest as we should call it, uh, you're, you're projecting that, but probably we, we, should, we yeah. should look at it a, a bit more close, closely. Probably we yeah. show that to the camera so, yes. so we get it. Uh, this is In Search of Peace, Harmony Through Religious Diversity. Uh, it's a new book from uh, Most uh, Reverend um, Professor Emmanuel Asante. Uh, you see that on the screens. Uh, so, Prof, just walk us through what's in this book, actually. You know, I mean, this is a big house, a media house. And in this
14: media house, you have Christians, you have non-Christians. And you are, we are working with them. You know, I, I decided to come up with this to let us know that what is our national identity when we talk about our national identity. Our national identity is defined by two things. Ethnicity. Diverse ethnicity. Yeah. Diverse spirituality or religious commitments. Mm-hmm. But we are one. Unfortunately, sometimes we have allowed our diverse diversity to destroy the oneness yeah. that we have. Okay? Yeah. Something that is one Ghana. Is a multi-ethnic, multi-religious country. And thanks be to God, we have been able to maintain some kind of peace, relationship. I'm trying to encourage that we do that. And if you look at what I have sought to do, re- okay. I've the- talked about religion as a resource for mm-hmm. peace and social development. Mm-hmm. I've looked at religion and morality, mm-hmm. dimensions of religious expression. And I have, as a result of that, in order to encourage what I call tolerance, done summaries of the various religions that I know. Mm-hmm. What do we share in common? Yeah. What are the things that we do not share in common? And even in situations when I talk about the need to accept others, yeah. I'm not looking at the, the things we share in common. Mm-hmm. Even under the, in the context of the things that we do not yeah, share in, in common, common, I tolerate you. Yeah. I may not agree with you but I tolerate you because you have the right to hold that kind of view. All I'm trying to suggest here is that religion religious you know peace and harmony could be obtained through religious
1: diversity. And and, and since you're bringing this up I'm, I'm just wondering yes. if in that book we'll find an answer to why we seem to have that Cordiality between Christianity and the East, I mean, Muslim community here in Ghana uh, because our situation is quite unique, uh, something different from, Let me tell from something. what you find the whole Something
14: that happened when I was at uh, <laughs> um, the Peace Council, yes, yeah. chair. Mm-hmm. Um, General Basanjo came to this country, oh. he visited us <laughs> at that time. The office was nothing to write about. <laughs> we were so worried that he was coming to visit us in, in, in that place, but he came and when he came. Christians and non christian you know, Christians, Muslims, are brothers from the other side, who were together, and even traditional religions, and who were, you know, discussing issues
0: amicably. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva RAM 1500, hecha para vivir. RAM es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.
14: And he said to me, Ghanias, how are you able to do this? And then I told him this. I said, when you go to my house, my house is an ecumenical house. Look, some of my relatives um, are Muslims. <laughs> People are shocked to know that the, 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 the chief imam Umasi, wow, um, is a relative of mine. Wow. Right? Yeah. And... In that home, you have Muslims, you have Protestants, you have Catholics, you have Charismatics, you have, what, what have you, and you have traditional religionists. But we don't meet there on the basis of our religion. We meet there as people, as human beings, yeah. as brothers and sisters. So let's see beyond the tangible. And, you know, beyond the worship, beyond the kinds of things that we do, Allow me to share faith. Don't take me as an enemy trying to share my faith with you. Take it or leave it, but see me as a brother. Mm -hmm. These are some of the things that we need to encourage. And we do that in Ghana Mm -hmm. because our homes
1: are ecumenical homes. And in fact, if you want to find out more, there's a lot in that book that, uh, <laughs> that most reverend is holding in his hands. Um, how can people get to have a copy of the book? In fact,
14: uh, I'm launching this book okay. um, on the 10th of, um, of August. Okay. It's August. The Beniza Methodist right. Community 20 just at abattoir. Right. You come from, uh, you know, from the abattoir, you come to Presbyterian right? Church, yes. there's a Methodist church there. That's where this book is being launched. Right and i want to entreat all friends and all you know those who have had the opportunity to look at it please come yeah and and then hear what is in there um the the foreword was written by bishop Sapong. wow and uh it's it's not a <laughs> joke you know. it's a big man's book yes. for, for everybody actually I'm saying that there can be no people in the world wow. without peace mm among the religion. There can be no peace in the world without peace among religions. Yeah. And this book submits that the ability to appreciate spiritual values, mm-hmm. beliefs and practices which are different from one's own is a condition for the possibility mm-hmm. of sympathetic and empathetic appreciation or understanding of other religions and of living in
1: peace. So it's all about peace, and uh, Most Reverend stands for peace. That's all he's done throughout his life. And you need to celebrate him by being there when this uh, book is being launched. We'll definitely uh, here I join you, he support that uh, process. So we're grateful, Thank you Reverend, for joining us. Uh, you to yes, come we come pre- yes, we should be there. As well. no, join, join. come there. <laughs> yes, you know, definitely. And, uh, you know, after the launch,
14: yeah. the book will be available at the Better This Book Depot. Oh, oh so anyone at all yes. could just go. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank for, you for joining Thank us. Thank you very much. And uh, also, we're looking at the second clinic of the Ekobanjoni Habitat Fair, which concludes uh, with some excitement. Uh, the West Hills Mall vendors are already looking forward to additional three fairs in Thermo Takradi and Kumasi. Join us, is Carlos Kaloni Cal- was there and comes through with this report
9: by Ecobank and Cities and Habitat, vendors participating in the 2023 Ecobank join News Habitat Fair say the second mini-clinic ranks among the most successful in terms
1: of attendance. Um, this fair has given us so much exposure because um, not many people knew of Blue Rose but due to this fair we've had a lot of people coming to know Blue Rose Limited. The properties we have available for sale where our sites are located and then our contact numbers so this uh so this fair has really been very very beneficial to us was that, that giving us the needed exposure to outdoor our uh, properties to the general public.
3: Mama um, say um, we're coming to the West or the West Sales Mall has been in a- a great experience and as usual we have a number of jobs in the west but i think we also need to get get close to our people like you really asked uh, if we we have an office here we don't have an office but we have a number of jobs or projects around so it's good we also thought we should also get close to our people get to know what their experiences have been and then what we look forward to doing for them in the coming days or coming years. So I must say we are impressed. I'm impressed with the the participation or with the numbers so
9: far. For them, the exposure the fair offers is unparalleled.
15: I think, well, first of all, we join Joy FM because we believe them to be an exceptional company in terms of uh, media promotion. And uh, the team that we have met over the last nine months or so have been very helpful in advising us how best to hit our target markets. So it's not just about exposure, it's about targeted exposure. And we now have a greater sense of how to put our name out there in a way that people will want to buy from us. They understand that we provide high quality and good value for money, and that's why I think multimedia have helped us to promote. Probably all around the country, not just Accra, probably all over the country.
9: Head of Marketing at the Multimedia Group Limited, David Max Maxfogas, said, based on the success talked at the two mini clinics, management of Joy News have decided to extend the fair to other parts of the country. The good thing
10: is that this year we want to give it a national appeal. And so based on the success of the two mini clinics or two mini fairs, the Achimota one and this one, we have decided to expand it. And so we'll go and do one in Tema, um, end of August or first week in September, and then we'll do the second one in Takoradi. And they will come back in November for the grand one. So, we are changing it this year based on the success of the two clinics we've had so far. So, And they will give you that national appeal. This year we are going to go to the western region to make sure that uh, we cover the golden triangle, Accra, Kumasi, Takrade. We are going to be in Kumasi um, in October and they will come back to Accra for the grand one
9: in November. Reacting to these, vendors and patrons believe the decision is in the right direction.
3: It will be interesting. I think this will be- our first time in Tema and Takwade. Tema is developing very fast, so that is the place to be. So we look forward to Tema. I'm really excited to go to Tema. And Takwade, oh, I can't wait to be in Takwade. The sea breeze, the environment, Takwade is is the place to be. So see you in uh, Takwade and Tema. Oh, I think it's very exciting. I mean, for the past few years that we've been here, it's always been centered in Accra. And people traveling all the way from uh, Tema, She's You get calls from people from other regions So we take it in the habitat further I think it's an amazing thing
15: No, no, it's actually quite enlightening Because Mm -hmm. we know that Accra is the business hub for the whole of Ghana, yes? That doesn't mean that these up-and-coming cities won't eventually become good marketplaces for business. So you start early. You tap into the market, you create promotion. In a few years, you will benefit everybody who's involved.
9: Max Fuga urged prospective vendors to grab the opportunity. There's only one stop shop for everything housing, and
10: that is the Joy News Habitat Fair. And so if you're dreaming, you're dreaming of uh, your uh, to own a home, whether you dreaming of acquiring a property, whatever you are thinking of, as long as it is so far as it has it has to do with home ownership, the place to be is the Joint News Habitat Fair. So make a date with us. From next week, we'll be communicating the details. We'll be in Tema, we'll be in Kumasi, we'll be in Takradi, or we'll be back here in Accra.
9: For the big one. Some patrons of the second clinic expressed their anticipation for the main event.
5: Well, we are trusting that the main event will be great.
4: Things have been quite slow, but we hope that in November things would have picked up and then sure. Many people will come to inquire. And go ahead to purchase.
9: The EcoBank Joy News Habitat Fair provides a unified platform for both potential homeowners and stakeholders in the housing sector to help alleviate the country's 1.8 million housing deficit. Visit the mini clinics in Tama, Takradi, and Kumasi and the main event in November. Carlos Kaloni reporting for Joy News
1: from West Hills Mall. And now it took them 16 days to make a journey of 10,000 kilometers, starting from Accra through various countries until arriving in England on Sunday. Uh, What an incredible fit aimed at raising funds to help deal with uh, poor infrastructure in our schools. Uh, But now uh, we're asking that question how was the journey? And how is uh, the charity going to work? Well, joining us is the leader of that group that took on uh, that uh, very interesting gen- journey. Could you Saka uh, Ado is joining us? Uh, for thank you, sir, for spending some time to, uh, with us. Uh, congratulations, first of all. Uh, first, tell us um, how, how the entire trip went for you as a group.
2: Well, thank you. For speaking to us but i'd want to say i am not the leader of the group i am a member of the group when it comes to leadership i think we consider teddy Pepra as our leader he's he's one of the conveners and he's one of the people who has been very instrumental in seeing us through to this place the journey has been awesome it's been a wonderful experience the reception with which the world has received this is humbling And the reception we got on entering England yesterday is unforgettable. We are humbled. We are grateful. We are getting a lot of support since yesterday. We've noticed that contributions towards the fund is increasing and it's exciting to see.
1: Uh, I see. I'm just wondering what the way back will be like. Are you driving back? We are not driving back, unfortunately.
2: We are coming back by air
1: okay, interesting. So let's talk then about the next phase of this project. Uh, you indicated to the world that um, you wanted to use this to raise awareness and to raise uh, more funds to, to help deprived schools. Um, how's that going to work now that you've completed this journey? Okay, our initial
2: push is to raise 100,000 to help a charity called EduSports. They've established over 60 libraries in Ghana and communities in the rural areas and we are hoping that this money will help digitize these libraries these libraries were created by the charity and have been given to the communities to run so they are community run libraries but we are and you know we are in a digital age so we are trying to introduce digitization into these labs so that these children will have access to internet access to computers access to tablets and have real time information to grow
1: i see um, and would you say that you, you are far advanced with the plan and that everything is, is on, on course, as you describe it?
2: Uh, well, the plans by the charity is on course. It's the money that we are raising that is behind schedule. We're hoping that would have at least crossed half of our target by now. But as of now, we have it. But we are buoyant and very, very hopeful because on this trip, myself, kajusaka and Teddy, and Kwame Pepra, who are, are into real estate, agreed to put up 20 of our houses at a discounted rate, so that while here, we'll try and sell them. And out of that, we have agreed to make a contribution of $40,000 to Edu Sports. It is an uh, end hope that we will go a long way to help in our bid to raise the 100000
1: And there's this big question about the motivation. Where is it coming from? Uh, well,
2: for the motivation, we're a bunch of hard-working young men who love to drive and love to travel. We are known for adventure. We have climbed Afajato. Some of us have climbed to the Kilimanjaro. We have driven across West Africa a couple of times. We have circled Ghana on countless occasions. So it's a situation of we're doing something that we love to do. We enjoy doing and while doing it, we are using it to promote a good course.
1: I see. It's such a, a great pleasure to be a hardworking young man. But thank you, Kojo Adomenza, for joining us here on the Join News channel. And that's all we have for you in this package. I am blessed to, to log on to majoronline.com. Lots of stories there for you. Next is Let's Talk Showbiz, but that will be after the break. ¿Escuchas
0: ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad?